As a real estate agent, you know that the industry can be tough to navigate with constant challenges and obstacles to overcome. That's why we created the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where top performing agents share their insights and strategies for success. Join us as we dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of growing a thriving real estate business. Your host, Lindsay Favazza, will be your guide on this journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from the best in the business. Hello, and welcome back to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where we deep dive into the strategies, secrets, and stories of those who have not just survived, but thrived in the competitive world of real estate. I'm your host, Lindsay Favaza, and today I have a truly inspiring guest with me, someone who I've known and been very impressed with for quite a while. She has 26 years of experience, a titan in the real estate industry, a mentor to many, and a beacon of innovation and excellence. I'm talking about none other than Lori Finkelstein Reader, the founder and CEO of Lori Finkelstein Reader, a team in the sun-kissed landscapes of South Florida. Lori isn't just a real estate mogul. She's a business coach and a leader who has helped countless entrepreneurs nationwide scale new heights. Her team's achievements speak volumes, serving over 7,700 families, generating a staggering $2.83 billion in sales, and clinching the title of the number one real estate team in South Florida. Today, she joins us to impart her wisdom, offer insights, and discuss the innovative strategies that have transformed the realm of real estate. So without further ado, let's dive in and learn from the best in the business. Welcome to the podcast, Lori. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, I am a little emotional hearing all of that. Oh my God, I love that. I love that these intros make people really excited because it's not often you get to hear someone, you know, introduce you like that. And I think you deserve it. And I just feel, it just makes me feel so proud of all of the exceptional, great humans in our company. Uh, When they say, when I was a kid growing up, you know, you hear your grandparents, it takes a village, it takes a village. Well, it really takes the right village. So um, when you say all those wonderful things about me, you're really talking about our entire entire company. Yeah. But really, it starts with you. And you've trained them to be those awesome people that they are. So, you know, they come in and they learn a lot from you. So tell me, share a moment when you realized that real estate was what it is, you know, what you were going to do with your life. When was that moment? Take us back to that time. Okay. I love that question because um, I think everyone needs to have that defining moment. And if they don't have it yet, maybe this gives them a little bit of a feeling how you can look for it. So um, I was found myself after living in the other on the other side of the world in beautiful Sydney, Australia. I all of a sudden found myself as a single mom with two littles, moved back to the states, and I grew up in real estate and kind of called my parents. I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? And they're like, well, you're going to get your real estate license. And I was like, oh, never, never, not the family <laughs> business. <laughs> And um, about three weeks later, I was like, mom, dad, what am I going to do? And my mom's like, oh, you're already signed up for real estate school. You start Monday. So (laughs) yeah, same, same mom still telling me what to do and loving every minute of it. Um, And I got my real estate license and the defining moment really came for me. It was so obvious and so clear was um, I had a young woman who I met through my daughter's school and she needed a rental property, Right. And, um, I got to know her a little bit and she said, you know, I can't find a real estate agent to help me. I'm only spending about $800 on a rental. I have two girls. I'm a single mom. And I was like, I got you. 
Now, mind you, Lindsay, I had no clue what I was doing. Okay. But I knew yeah, I you're could, just starting out. Right. I just knew I could help her. The goal was help this person. So I took her around a week, one week to find an $800, $900 rental property. This is a literally 25, 26 years ago. And I put her in that property and I think I made 50 bucks. Like I might've made $50, $70. I, I didn't make any money. And three weeks later, I got a phone call from a gentleman and he said, Hey, I'm Steve blank. And you help my new girlfriend and her two sweet daughters get into a rental. Hey, Lori, I am going to be buying a $1.3 million condo. And I would just love for you to come and sign the paperwork. You don't have to do anything, but it's just my gift for you helping my new girlfriend. And I was like, okay, so can I ask, has that ever happened again in all of your real estate? <laughs> no. Um, if you really, when you help enough people, it really happens to us a lot, yeah. right? It, it's doing the next right thing. So I didn't even understand it. And I went to North Miami beach, the millennium signed this paper. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm making money over the next year, getting checks for a year and a half. And honestly, thank God, because I was brand new and flat broke with two kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I knew at that moment after helping the young woman, I knew that feeling that it gave me was something that was very natural for me and what I wanted to do. And then when I realized, wow, I just did the right thing. And then I won. So it became clear to me that, you know, you go out, you literally make relationships, you pour value into people, they trust you, you're in business. Right. As far as being a seasoned, scaled, skilled sales, a seasoned, skilled salesperson, that's a lot mm -hmm. of S's. Um, yeah. time. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I, I will openly admit to you, I had no clue what I was doing, but I was resourceful and I would go and ask the right people, hey, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I was a big question asker and I was probably very annoying to every excellent agent in the field. But I knew my defining moment was genuinely the feeling it gave me to help someone. And then when you do the right thing, you will win. Yep, it was absolutely. very clear to me. So tell me about your parents' involvement in real estate. So were they, do they have a brokerage of their own? Do they have a team or are they, they did together a team? Like how did that work out? Uh, when I was 10, my parents went into real estate and they had at any given time up to 15, 20 different offices with, you know, one or two different franchises and right when I got into real estate is when they sold their business and retired. They were at the back end and I was just starting out. Um, but I had a really good, I had the great good fortune of watching my parents not only help the consumer, but help real estate agents because they were the brokers. So I had a really good uh, arena, if you will, to watch and be a part of. I always tease and say my first open house was when I was 10. Um, I would beg my mom to take me to any open house she was doing. And I would, I would think I was showing the house, <laughs> but you know, I, I loved it. I loved people. I think that was the thing is that I love people. So yeah, I grew up watching my mom and dad, um, sell real estate. My grandmother owned a brokerage and my mom got in when she was young and started to like she was doing bookkeeping and also she was an appraiser. So I have a very similar background of like, I remember after school, my mom would pick me up and we would go and we would drive by houses <laughs> and she would get out and try to take pictures 
you know, to do the appraisal. And then people would chase her down the driveway. She would jump in the car and we leave. I thought my mom was doing something illegal. Like that's what I thought at that age. Well, she was just doing her job. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I remember yeah. she had the measuring, you know, the rolling measuring like thing in the back of the car. Like that, those memories are like so alive. So I love the fact that you were at the open house and you're like, yeah. I'm doing this. I'm selling this yeah. house today. I would be like, I just want to go to work with you. I'll sit under the desk. Like, I don't care. Do whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, that's so cool that you also grew up. and Yeah, that you know, same background. And I was the same way. I didn't want to get in. And then later in life, I was kind of like, what about this real estate thing? And then yeah. it came full circle. So it was so cool. And so tell course, me about, you know, you were talking you, about. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't know no, about you. Okay. I went to my parents about a year afterwards and just loving the industry. And I sat them down and I was very serious. I was like, I need to ask you guys a question. I'm like why didn't you ever tell me to do this? And they're like laughing. They're like, we've been telling you your whole life. I'm like, well, I didn't hear you. Exactly. You only hear the things you want to hear, you know? And then you came back and they told you to do it and you still didn't want to do it. No, but I love it. That's amazing. So as far as your culture that you've built in your office, you know, what is that culture like to you? And how do you keep that culture alive? Like, what do you do? Because now how many team members do you have? So we probably have at the moment, um, somewhere around 20 staff who I call the, just the golden, the gold of everything. <laughs> Our staff is unreal. I know you have an amazing staff. I'm, I'm obsessed with you and your staff. And, <laughs> and we try to model a lot of things you guys do because you do it so well. Um, agents, we probably have somewhere around, let's say 50 to 60 active agents and somewhere around 40 that are in training. Yeah. Um, but in terms of culture, you know, I would say as a company, we really do live our core values. Um, it's really important to me to always, always be in business with people that are somewhat like-minded, somewhat have a similar vision, right? We don't have to all be the same. I love just the whole different eclectic group we have, but the idea of helping others, being philanthropic, being connected to the community. Um, I don't know um, you, if you're familiar, but like we get a lot of hurricanes here in South Florida. And let me tell you, when it happens, like we have to band together. We have a massive population here and we have, we do a couple things every year with um, our toy drives, our back to school backpack. We're, we're really known for that. Mm -hmm. And just the people who are part of the culture understand like, look, we're here for you to build a business and help you and ride alongside of you so that you can have that life you want and build that legacy you're striving for. But also the idea that you're connected to a company that genuinely believes and cares for others, yeah. right? You know, um, I don't, I don't feel there's this, this thing in real estate that real estate agents are highly competitive. And, and I do believe that I've heard Anthony say it and it's true. It's a very competitive business and I agree with him and I believe that. But I really feel that we're collaborators, right? And and look, I when, when you guys moved to South Florida, I was so excited. And most real estate agents were like, why are you so excited? I'm like, because Anthony Lamaki's got a great business and, a, and I love the way he operates. We yeah. need more people like that. Yeah. I feel like we're collaborators. And that's, yeah. a, that's part of the culture within our company is talking about collaboration, helping one another. I mean, I guarantee you that you would agree with me. There is no better feeling than helping another human and watching them win. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that that goes back to your main purpose. When you first started, you helped and you did the right thing and then you got it back. 
that's yeah. what happens when you give back to the community and that comes back. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's a giver's gain. If you were ever in BNI, that's giver's gain mentality. Yeah. And I, I am a very big believer and especially now the way real estate's evolving is that if you are in real estate and you are a real estate agent, you've taken the time to get your real estate license and you're showing up to your trainings and you're doing like, you're going to have to do the work at a super high level. Like if you think you had to have some, one level of professionalism versus what it is today, you might as well just 10 exit. Yep. And if you think you needed to do X amount of calls and X amount of open houses and X amount of trainings, I say you 10 X all of them and you not only thrive, but you crush it. You really, 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 really win. Um, that's a big part of our culture, right? I mean, I talk about it all the time to the, to the point where I'm sure I'm probably at this point, white noise, you know, maybe I don't even know who hears me, but the reality is, is that I want people to win. And if you're not going to take the steps, you will be dismissed, period. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's coming from the consumer, right? The mm -hmm. consumer, it's, it's not, it's nothing. You, are, you know, we've got this lawsuit going on and we've got interest rates. We've got all these things. At the end of the day, Lindsay, the consumer is driving everything, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. um, I'm, I'm really big on training within our culture. I'm really big on being very transparent and telling you, like, if you don't show up, this is not going to work out for you. No. And I want you to win. So it's, it's, it's tough. Sometimes people need to hear that too. Cause they, you know, they're questioning whether or not they're in the right place for themselves. And then it sometimes it does take someone else to be like, you know what, you haven't done X, Y, and Z. Maybe it isn't the right thing for you and that's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm listening to a lot of the most, the top coaches in our industry right now, and I'm really paying very close attention and every one of them, I'm, I'm really proud of our industry, especially at the top. Like all these like leaders of big companies and leaders of big teams and coaches because they are all stepping up and they're giving full transparency and honesty. And they're telling you, look, you've got to do this, this, and this, and you will take so much opportunity and you will win. And if yep. you don't, you will be dismissed. Mm -hmm. And I think great leadership is saying what needs to be said, not necessarily yeah. what people want to hear. Absolutely agree. And that's Absolutely. tough. So tell me about the training at your team you know, what do you guys focus on? How is training structured? What, what kind of training, you know, how do you guys do it? Um, I would say the, the part of our community when it comes to training that I'm most proud of, and I feel, I wish everybody would do it. And a lot of times when I'm doing, when I'm doing coaching or training or podcast, or I'm speaking and I talk about this, people implement it and they tell me that it changes their business overnight and that it costs them zero right? Always looking for things that are zero in cost. Yep. So about 12 years ago, after um, I read a book called The One Thing, um, and it talked about creating a 66-day habit, I thought to myself, how am I going to take my small real estate team of about 10 of us and move us in one direction where we would have this one habit that would change everything? So we meet every single day without fail. The meeting kicks off at 825 got some great music playing at 8.30, boom, like clockwork, Monday to Friday. We're in probably year 12. And I'll tell you, the nice thing is through COVID, that really saved us because it's all virtual. Yeah. Of course, it became virtual when COVID kicked off. Before that, it was in person. Now we've decided to keep it virtual because we're spread out through so many yeah. counties and so many areas. Um, the training calendar is packed every single day with Everything, anything real estate that will help you go and make money. Doesn't matter what it is. Scripting, 
how to do a great listing appointment, objection handlers. I mean, the calendar is packed every single day. And my most favorite part about that is that, yes, we bring in outside guests. Yes, we bring in coaches. But for the most part, we have our community members, our team members that are running the trainings. That's amazing. Right. Right. And they're talking about how they're winning and how they're losing. And we also do things like cheers for peers. It's a great place to bring your community together, whether you're a team of three or a team of 300. And we're talking about, hey, right now we just had our, our pies and our photos. Now we've got a couple events coming up. We've got our toy drive. Talking about things that people want to hear and just bringing you together. I'll hear from agents that are either new to the company or have been there for 20 years. They'll say to me, I, this is how I start my day, right? This is, look, I'm in business. I want to build a big business. You got to show up for that, yep. right? And they show up, they spend that 30 minutes, and then hopefully from nine to 11, they're lead generating, hopefully. I think yeah. a lot of them are, and those that are not are realizing that it's something they have to do. Yeah. And in this business too, a lot of agents, I think kind of lose the structure. So having that like eight 30, you know, start time to their day is probably really beneficial in and of itself. I mean, I'm fairly confident that by the end of 24, the part-time agent, I don't see where they'll fit into the equation. And um, maybe those part-timers decide, Hey, I'm going to go full-time now, or maybe they decide, Hey, they're just going to send referrals. Right. So I think we, we're going to see something a little different. Um, and for the people who are showing up and they're, they have no plan B and no back door, uh, they need this meeting every single day. And it, it starts their day. I, we have a, also a really, really powerful training library. Right. Um, any question you need answered, you can just go to the library. You can go, I think we call it the LFR hub and uh, we can answer that question for you. And if not, obviously all of us help one another. Yeah. Lots of, lots of in-person trainings, lots of masterminds. I I don't know how else you get better if you don't have new knowledge. I haven't figured that out yet. I mean, unless it's going to come to me in my sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's like sleep or shower or vacation. Sometimes the best ideas come when you're on vacation. Yeah. And, and something else I want to mention, um, cause I'm sure in your podcast, you've got people watching that are single agents to team leaders, to team owners, broker owners. Um, I'm a huge proponent of my leadership and my staff receiving as much training as agents, right? Um, you know, you see my staff sitting in your trainings. Uh, yeah. they go to ever, I don't go to a mastermind to an event without staff, right? Yeah. Because, and my leadership group, um, because how, where else will they get the information? You know, it's getting in the right rooms with the right people, keeping your mind, your heart open um, to become better. I, I take the leadership piece super seriously. And if you're going to lead, you better be, you better be going to learn first before you lead. Totally. So let's switch it back to you. That's boring. <laughs> no, it's not. It's why we're here today. Um, (laughs) what is a day in your life like now, now that you have the team, you know, before you were doing transaction to transaction, and now with the team, are you still transactionally based too, or are you feel, do you feel like most of your day is really spent helping the team and helping the agents? Like, or is it a balance? Like, what is it? What is a typical day in your life now? Um, well, I always love that question and I always like to share because a lot of people are not aware, but 
I've been out of production now. I think I sold my last house and listed my last house about six and a half years ago. And I was able to pass that baton because of the exceptional real estate agents that are in our company who are still here today, running my book of business, able to do, um, honestly, I don't tell them too much, but they do way better than I did. We won't tell. Um, and uh, my real focus is on growth and development, right? It's on making sure I show up to all my L10 meetings. We run EOS. Uh, we're very diligent with EOS. Like it's, it's very big for us. So I show up to every level 10 meeting. I am in, I'm on zoom probably somewhere between two and six hours a day. I'm in and out of the office. I'm doing in-person trainings for agents I am still full-time, full-time on growth and development, usually from about eight in the morning until about five in the afternoon, five days a week. Amazing. I'm, in, I'm in an airplane a lot. Let's just, let's just say I am traveling a lot and usually it's for business, going to conferences, going to masterminds, getting in meetings with different companies that I'm in business with. You know, I've got many third-party relationships mm-hmm. um, and I'm very, very focused on growing those. Amazing. What is the most unusual or maybe memorable sale that you've had in your career? Wow. And why? Besides the one where I got 6%. Did I tell you that that commission was 6% on $1.3 million? (laughs) Um, That is like the most unicorn deal I've ever heard of. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. Um, I've had a lot of them like that happen. You know, it's interesting, the question, because of course, if you do a lot of podcasts, people love to ask you like, what's the craziest deal you ever got involved in? And, um, you know, I, to be honest with you, Lindsay, I don't have like this one transaction, right? I have, if, if, and what I would consider crazy and what other people would consider crazy are a little bit different, but I'll give you uh, my most favorite and the one that blew my business up the biggest. And this is why you have to talk to everyone never judge anything, always stay open, listen to what people have to say, ask Mm -hmm. questions, get into relationships. So I had a gentleman who called me on the phone. This is going back 15 years ago, maybe a little bit, about 15 years. And he called me on the phone. I still can tell you his name today, Zivi Nadivi, right? Lives in Israel, one of my Israeli clients, amazing, brilliant man. And he called me on the phone and he said, you know, Lori, um, somebody told me that you did a great great job for them. When you sold their home, I would love to meet you. And he met me at a house. that was probably like a hundred thousand dollar little, like a dumpy. It was nothing because hundred thousand dollars in South Florida, you're barely getting a car. Right. Okay. So I meet him at this house 15 years ago. And he's like, this is a rental property. I would love for you to sell it for me. I don't want to own it anymore. I'm not, I don't want to deal with it. And um, I built a relationship with him and I sold that property for him. Mind you, I didn't know anything else about him. I just built the relationship, Yeah. sold that house for him. And then he asked me to come over to his home, went to his house. I sat in his office. He had this big brown desk, which I'm going to tell you about in the story. And he said, um, basically, I just wanted to see how you operate. And if what I was told was real. He said, I have hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate and I want you to be my real estate agent. And for so many years thereafter, Lindsay, I cannot count the sales that not only I did for this man, I bought and sold everything for him, 
but the referrals and the community he connected me with, it made my career. Mm-hmm. When he finally was moving back to Israel from the South Florida area, he asked me to come over again. I'm ready to sell my house. And we're sitting across from each other. And I said to him, um, he said, no, he said to me, he said, you see my desk, this big, beautiful desk I have. He said, I want you to have it. Oh. And I said, um, why do you want me to have it? And he said, this desk made me a very wealthy man and built my career. I built my career on this desk and I cannot take it with me to Israel. He said, and I want you to have it. And I took that desk. It's the biggest, ugliest, heaviest (laughs) desk you ever saw in your entire life. It's like a brick. My husband is like, what are you doing? I can't, no one can lift this thing. We had to have it dismantled. That (laughs) desk has been everywhere with me. And it's still right now it's sitting in a storage unit. I can't get rid of the desk. Because no. I'm afraid superstitious that, you know, I mean, the desk is working. No. That is the so, gift of success right there. If you get rid of it. Yes. But the gift was, the gift was, is that, and I'm listening to myself share with you, like it was, it was just because I was just doing my job at a high level. I, know. I wasn't focused on the money. Like, okay. Like for me, if I was going to make a thousand dollars or $500, I must tell you that was a lot of money and it would pay a bill. And I was grateful. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't judge money. If I see five bucks, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to put it in my wallet. I high respect for money. But what happened was in that relationship was like, I just did the right thing. I didn't look at, oh gosh, I got to sell a hundred thousand dollar property. I'm going to make, it's going to be 3000. Then I got to give away 70% to the brokerage. I, you know, I got to do all these things. It was, you know what? I'm going to just keep building relationships. And he changed my life. Why do you think that you have a knack for doing that with people? Like, what is it that you think that they're seeing in you that they are so gravitated to? Cause that's two really great examples of, you know, yeah. yes, you go out and you do the job regardless of, you know, the price point or whatever it is, but like, you know, what else do you think that you bring to the table that makes them really love and trust and want to work with you forever? So in sales, and this is something we don't talk about a lot, um, we'll do the whisper again. Yes. Yes. When you get into real estate sales, cause I've never sold anything else. So I couldn't really tell you how it is for cars or shoes or anything of that nature, but insurance, when you're in real estate, if you're not, if you do in this, in the residential side of real estate, if you don't from day one, decide you're in the customer service business and that we are here to serve, let's just use the word serve. Um, you're going to really miss the boat and leave millions on the table. My parents, my father is not alive, but my mother is alive. They were legitimate servant leaders. And of course I had a good bird's eye view of what that looked like, but not everybody is gifted with that bird's eye view. So what I would say to people who are in real estate is that it is not complicated. Zip it and listen, Mm. ask the question and then zip it. You ever see a real estate agent ask the question, then answer it for the person? It's yeah. right. So it's like zip it and listen. And what I'm I really want agents to get, what I really want to get across to agents is that the level of questions that you're asking are likely going to come from the trainings you're attending and the knowledge you're acquiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really attribute success in my world to contribution to asking questions. I don't care about the commission. I don't live in the moment. I live in the career. You know, people are so fixated on instant gratification this morning when we were on our 
our morning meeting, I was talking to agent agents about like, if you are focused on instant gratification and you're not prepared to talk to someone six months or a year before they do anything with you, then you need to dismiss yourself from real estate because it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and that includes the, what we call this now buyer or now seller, right? The person who's like, Hey, I'm ready to put my home on the market. Okay, great. When you go to their home, it's not to go listed. It's to go build a relationship. Because what someone's idea is of I'm going to put my home on the market right now could be a year. Mm -hmm. The person who says I'm going to buy today in their mind today could mean like, like I'm really getting ready for the next six months. So yeah. it's really about what I attribute the success to is building relationships, asking great questions, providing value. Do not set someone up on a drip campaign, especially if you don't know what they want. Get yep. face to face, break bread with people, go have a coffee, invite them, you know, and I think a lot of people are exhausted from, from digital and from zoom, you know, they want it. They want that interaction face to face. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's so funny, Lindsay, the questions that you ask are so powerful. A lot of the answers I realized are aligned and are the same, but they work. So why do we need some shiny, fancy thing that doesn't work? I'm giving it to you as it really is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you were talking about the fact that, um, you know, the building of that relationship and making sure that you're putting the time in to get to know them. And you're right. It's not just about the short term. Even if you had that person that's like, I want to buy, I want to sell my house this week and you do list it and you do have the sale within a week, you're still building that relationship for the long term. Look at the relationship you have with the desk guy. <laughs> that's how I'll refer to him because exactly. I couldn't say his name. <laughs> no, exactly. And it's, if we could just start to see wherever you're lead is coming from. I don't care what company, if it's open house, if it's your past client, if it's your brother, your sister, if we could start treating all these humans equally and build relationships with them and build trust with them. Look, I, I feel that way. No, I don't work with the consumer anymore. I work with agents and leaders. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll talk about my relationship with Anthony, right? It's not going to just happen. I, I'm intentional with it. He's intentional with it. We'll have a conversation. We'll meet for coffee. Hey, how can I help you, Anthony? How can I provide value? Hey, Lori, how can I help you? That is just relationships in general. Mm -hmm. So, but people don't want to do it because they see that as, as work. But to me, isn't it easier to sit in open house and get on the phone with people? Like, isn't that easier than going and spending a bunch of money to buy leads that you have to do the same thing with? Yeah, that are cold. And then you have to try to build that relationship. Just because you purchase a lead or it comes from one of those companies, which we won't mention, doesn't mean they're ready to transact. We have to treat them all the same. And I, I actually think real estate for the people who do the activities is going to get easier in the next 12 to 15 months. I think, think will, I think it will get easier because most companies are training right along the lines of what I'm sharing with you. Right. So if I sit in open house and I meet five or six people and I put them in my database and I do that twice a week, whoa, and I do the right next thing, provide value, meet with those people. Who cares if they're buying a house? You know how many times I've sold houses and list property that weren't from the, the source? They just sent me the referral. Yeah. So I believe that with all the training that's out there and all the good that is coming and also, I think a lot of people who don't want to do activities will move to the side, which means more business for us who are working our yeah. butts off. Yep. Totally agree. I mean, and a then lot I think of our 
I think a lot of this translates too into people's social media strategy. So like, obviously I, you know, being focused on marketing, I deal a lot with the agents on training them on like how to do social media. And I think they're always, like you said, they're looking for that shiny red, what post do I do that's going to bring in the leads? And I'm like, that is not, if that's what you think it's going to be like, you're so off. Like it is a long game strategy. You have to build the trust. You have to build relationships. If you're just posting something and then hoping that they call you and you're not sliding into their DMs, as I always tell people, and like building a relationship with them and wishing them a happy birthday and congratulating them when their child is born. Like if you're not doing those things, then like you're not, you're not doing social media right either. So can you talk to that a little bit as far as social media? Cause I know you have a very strong, you know, yeah. team page and you have a very strong personal page and how, you know, you train your agents to kind of do their social media to replicate that. Yeah. I have quite a few of them right now that are all in and they're, they're doing such a great job. And the reality is, is that just like we would provide value to the consumer or if you're recruiting agents, whatever, whatever it is, let's just use consumer, just the same way you would provide value to the consumer in person is something you have to do consistently nonstop. So I look at my social media as an ATM, if you will, an a big giant ATM machine. And unless I fill it with value, I cannot make a withdrawal, right? If, there, if the ATM is empty, right, someone's got to put something in there, then we're not getting anything out of it. So for us, it's more about like, look, how can I move the consumer forward? What value can I give them today? How can I help them make a decision? How can I help them decide maybe it's the wrong time to sell or the right time to sell? So what we do on our end is... We, you will rarely ever see an ad where I'm asking, hey, come hire me to be your realtor or come join my team. It's more about, look, let me help you be the best version of you. And then they just show up. Yeah. I mean, the amount of inbound applications that we receive and the amount of inbound consumers we have is massive now. But I've been doing this now for three plus years, maybe four. Mm -hmm. And people are afraid to start because, oh, it's going to take too long. It's going to take too long. And I'm yeah. like, I got to quote Gary Keller. You can be anywhere in your life in five years, anywhere. Yeah. So it's about being consistent. I also want to just speak to this for a moment on social media. I am the most imperfect person on social media. Look, we're doing this podcast. I don't have any fancy lights going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a room in my house with my, you know, with a, my closet doors pushed <laughs> together. You know, I don't believe in the perfect video. Yep. One of the things I love about Anthony, he's, I'm the same. I just turn the camera on. Let's go. Let's because, go. Right. Humans are not perfect. They will not relate to you if you are trying to be perfect and robotic. What they want to see is that, wow, if Lori can do it, I can do it. If Lindsay can do it, I can do it. I mean, Lori makes mistakes. I'll bump, mumble my words. I say the wrong word. I, I, I fiddle with my glasses. I mean, I've got things going, but no one relates to you when you are just this perfect choreographed, you know, just, it's so exceptional that they can't relate. Mm -hmm. So they won't be attracted to you. No. You need to be the, your authentic, authentic self. You yep. need, you need to make a mistake. You got to have a blooper. You can't be perfect. And more than anything, I do not care if you just want to talk about the weather in your area, you better show up constantly. Right. You have got to show up constantly, consistent, 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 consistent. And, you know, what I see consistently is people who show up twice and leave. 
because yeah. they're looking for something. They want something back so fast and it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, I had someone on the podcast that I recorded with, um, his episodes coming out soon. His name's Shane. He's out of um, New York city, but he mentioned, and I've never actually heard it put this way. And I thought it was really interesting that he said that he was like, people that don't want to get on video are actually very self-absorbed. So the opposite, they think like, no, I don't want to be on video because no one wants to see me. It sounds like they're being like modest, but the reality is they're actually very self-absorbed. You could be helping someone right? And that's, and that's, video and doing this and you refuse because you don't like the way you hear, you sound or the way you look like right. that's, that's selfish. And I was like, wow, I've never had it said like that. And I think that's so powerful. And it's exactly what we preach. And we say to our agents who we're training or anybody who's watching your podcast right now, and I say it all the time. This is not a dating website. No one cares what you look like. Just provide value. It's the same thing when you get on stage. I know that you do lots of um, lots of uh, speaking event uh, engagements. I've watched you, right? I remember the very first time I saw you, we were in um, Vegas. Vegas and I was blown away by you. And John oh. asked me to, to, to speak. I thought I was going to just hurl like, you know, I could. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute, Laura, you're looking at this very, very backwards. This has nothing to do with you. You have the ability to stand in front of these people, give them information to the point where they can go home and make money and take care of their families. It's an opportunity. You were given an opportunity to help. And honestly, once I realized it wasn't about me and my hair didn't have to be perfect and my outfit didn't have to be perfect, I realized I was going to get to change lives. And it changed it all. Lindsay, I promise you, I used to feel like I was going to throw up. I was so overwhelmed and I realized, oh my gosh. And then they'll be like, oh, I don't like myself on video. I'm like, get over yourself. This is not a dating website. And your face is what they see in person. Right. That's the other thing we tell them. It should be a problem in real life then too. (laughs) And let me tell you what, as you get older, it really should be intimidating in the sense of, you know, you don't look the same as you did 10 years ago, but you know what? I'm so proud that I get to help other people. Yeah. So when you, um, Shane, who mentioned that to you, he's so spot on. It's selfish. It's selfish. You're not helping. No. You're, you're being a secret agent and you're, you know, 007 behind the, behind the curtain. You should be helping people get to their dream of a homeownership, you know? So That's, um, I thought that was really powerful. I love that you're pretty much echoing that same message. You know what I mean? I it's, am. It's and so I, nice. think, I think um, we say all the time that the gift is actually in the giving and my life changed a lot personally. And I always say it is a very selfish feeling like to get to inspire other people to get to. Um, maybe somebody watches your podcast and they do, they start those morning meetings or they, they get away from being so nervous about social media and their life changes. I mean, what's the good of it all? If you have it all, you don't give any of it away. I mean, like I said, we're not competitors, we're collaborators. No, absolutely. Well, it has been a joy collaborating with you. And I can't believe we're already at like 35 minutes or so. This is insane. Um, What is your last piece of advice for our audience? They're like you said before, there's team leaders on here, there's individual, there's newer agents, there's experienced agents that listen to this. So tell me what is that last piece of advice that you would overarching give to everyone out there right now? Well, it's the same advice I've been giving to my own team and my leadership. And is that, that is that we can only focus on that, which we can control. Yes. 
all of the outside forces are going to ste- they're going to still keep happening. We're going to still see all these lawsuits. We're going to still see interest rates going on. Will we have to work potentially? I'm going to use the word 10 even though I'm hearing 5. Will we have to work 10 times harder as we navigate this season, if you will? Absolutely. But own it. And be the example for the people around you. Step up, lean in. Do things that are not comfortable, but that which you can control, right? Don't worry about all these outside forces. You know, a year into COVID, I gave up all news outlets, couldn't deal with it. It was so overwhelming. I was like, you know what? Those people are not going to pay my bills. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, I want to help a lot of people. They're not helping me help anyone. So focus on the controllables. If you're a team leader, hold your people accountable. Don't be afraid for them not to like you or love you. Who cares if they like you or love you, right? When they have a bunch of money in the bank, they're going to be obsessed with you. They're going to love you. <laughs> yes. And if, you've, if, if you're if you an agent and you're calling 30 or 40 dials a day and you're not getting what you want, the heck with what other people say. Make 100 dials a day. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to outside crap that doesn't put money in your bank and help you build your business. Focus on the controllables. And I just want to say to you, Lindsay, thank you for having me on Crush It. Um, As I said in the beginning of our podcast or somewhere in the podcast, um, I'm a fan of yours. I, we learn from you. Um, My, uh, you remember when my girls were just up in Boston? Yes, I I had so much fun with them. Yes, I can't wait to come back when you guys do it again. Next time I will be there. Um, But when I still remember the day when when Anthony reached out to say that you guys were going to relocate, not relocate, you were going to have an additional location in the South yeah. Florida area. And I was just so excited because I thought to myself that he he's a badass, right? And to have somebody else, a part of our area that really wants to grow something and is is serious about their business. I love that. So I love that I have neighbors in you guys and that we're, we're all learning and growing together and you know, there's and a lot of credit to you. Out. It's a credit to you too, that we were coming down there and what could have been an awkward thing turned into like a welcoming with open arms. So we really appreciate you being Aww. like that with us. You came and did our Florida event last year um, and spoke on stage and shared your wisdom with our audience. And like that, that's the kind of collaboration and the type of environment that we all need to have. And that goes back to the kind of person you are. So really Aww, appreciate you. you doing that. And you doing this today with me was awesome. And yeah, your team's amazing. I love hanging out. with Thank them. you. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. If you're watching on YouTube, we really appreciate you. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode of the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. Thank you so much, Lori. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for tuning in to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with your friends and colleagues and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you're interested in being a guest, email us at info at crushitinre.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to crush it in real estate.